I don't think the NBA really cares that it's Super Bowl week because everybody is on the move right now. Holy smokes. Welcome to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. We have got a lot to get to. I mean, I initially thought coming into the week that we were going to be talking almost exclusively about the Super Bowl, but that kind of feels like it's going to get pushed further for a lot of sports shows because the NBA has just gone nuclear. Sam, before we get into any of that, how was your week? Man, my week was good. Jason, uh, how about you? Uh, not too bad. I uh, just got back from drill recently. I'm uh, getting absolutely bombarded by schoolwork, but you know what? Uh, I got to say, all of the uh, all the moves going on in the NBA Super Bowl week, it's uh, keeping me a little bit perked up and motivated. So, Yeah, one of the perks of waking up at, at 2 a.m., I think that Kevin Durant deal was completed, what, late last night? Yeah. Um, kind of when no one was up, none of the major media outlets were up, and I woke up uh, to, I think, a text in our group chat of KD actually being traded. I was blown away that that deal went through, especially because the Nets yesterday or the day before said, no, we're building around Kevin Durant and then (laughs) right away moved him. Yeah, no, it's, it was, uh, it was very interesting. And the, um, the sense that I had gotten um, from just based on the move that they made for Kyrie was that they weren't necessarily like the move that they made with Kyrie wasn't a move to I'm not I'm not phrasing this correctly. I think they assumed that Kevin Durant was going to be on the team going forward. Otherwise, they don't make the move with Kyrie to acquire the pieces that they got. Um like I think I think that deal ends up being a little bit different and then I I mm-hmm. turn on I turn on get up this morning and all I hear is that Kyrie Irving was so close to being a Laker and had Kevin Durant had said that he wanted to be traded a while ago, then the odds of Kyrie Irving being a Laker would probably would have been like a hundred percent or something like that. So it felt weird in the moment um, when it happened uh, that, you know, Kyrie ends up on the Mavericks and it's probably because, you know, that wasn't the intent. So when he did end up on the Mavericks, um, I mean, the whole thing is just confusing, right? Like, I'm trying to go through the whole timeline in my head, and I'm stumbling over my words right here. Kyrie gets traded. Kevin Durant gets traded to the Suns. There are so many other things that have gone on over the past literally just 24 hours. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it's been hard to keep track of. Yeah, what do you think this means for Phoenix now, what they look like? They lose Mikel Bridges. They lose Cam Johnson. They lose Jay Crowder and a whole bunch of picks. Um, they're like getting Kevin Durant. Drivers, right? Yeah, in a uh, pick swap, um, but they keep Aiton, they keep Paul, they keep Booker. Uh, I think first things first, this is the perfect situation for Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets to be right at home on a team that can really carry him. He doesn't have to be the alpha male. Booker, even CP3 can be that. And all he has to do is go out and ball with, I mean, let's be honest, he's going to get favorable matchups every single night. Who are you yeah. going to guard? Are you going to guard Booker or are you going to guard Durant? Well, it's it's interesting because, I mean, I, my actually, my first thought is who's going to be the fifth guy out there with them? 
because the starting lineup is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Aiton. And I'm like, who's going to be Mr. Irrelevant number four? <laughs> like, who's going to be the guy looking around going, I can't believe I'm starting with these four players. <laughs> um, but I think Phoenix vaults to being the favorites in the West, right? I mean, I don't think it's – No. You still – you don't think so? Well, the only thing is I think health is a bit – Booker's missed a lot of time. CP3, because of his age, you just don't really know. Like, we would have to be have a guarantee that I think Chris Paul is going to be healthy throughout the playoffs. Um, and even Kevin himself, he's missed time. He's had a lot of a couple freak injuries over the years, especially in his time in Brooklyn. Um, I think this team on paper looks really good, but Denver is still uh, Denver's phenomenal. Yeah, it's they good. they really are with Aaron Gordon playing the way he is, Jamal Murray um, coming back to form. Hopefully, uh, I don't even know if Michael Porter Jr. is going to play. Or he's he should be back if he plays like he did against the Kings when they were here, then they'll be fine. I think in their most recent game, if I'm looking at it, yeah, they played the Timberwolves on Tuesday, which would have been February seventh. Michael Porter was playing; he had 30 points in 29 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Denver's still above. Um, I'd still put the Kings above. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh. But I think the Suns are in second. I think they're better than Memphis, uh, really better than any of the other teams outside of Denver. Well, the health is a good point. Um, but I, I think assuming that they're all healthy, I think I think you got to consider them. I think you got to consider up consider them the favorites um, just from a roster standpoint. At at right as of right now, since we haven't seen them, yes, just because they got Durant, the Nuggets are still eight games ahead of them. They might just be the better team anyway, but on paper, um, they, you know, the Suns clearly look like they might be the best team in the league, um, mm-hmm. just based from name value. Um, let me run through a couple of the other ones real quick, just a couple other notable sort of transactions that have taken place over the last couple hours. I'm, I'm on, yep. I'm on a USA Today right now, so that's our source for this. Um, the Warriors got uh, Gary Payton back. Um so that's uh, that's interesting. I think that'll be good for them. Give them a little bit uh, more depth. Um, Got to ask the it, question: Why did they let him go? I, yeah, that was weird because he was like their defensive guy coming off the bench, right? When he was there, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure what the yeah. motivation was behind that uh, initially when they let him go. Yeah, they thought he was too expensive, and now <laughs> Portland's paying for part of it. Who knows? Yeah, so the full the full deal, it says, shortly after picking up forward Kevin Knox from the Pistons in an earlier trade, the Golden State Warriors sent Knox and the five second-round picks, which seem to be going like everybody's favorite thing to do now. They also got for Jameis Wiseman in a package deal to the Portland Trailblazers for guard Kerry Payton II. So that would be um, what the Warriors get, and obviously uh, Wiseman is on his way out the door now as well. Uh, Lakers get Mo Bamba. That's an interesting one for them. Um, mm-hmm. That'll give them another another big, especially now that they got rid of um, who was their who was the guy who was backing up uh, AD uh, Thomas Bryant. 
Thomas Bryant, yeah. So getting rid of Thomas Bryant, they get Mo Bamba. So that's kind of a that's a. I mean, I think they upgrade in that situation. Although Thomas, uh, Bryant, I don't good. think so. Thomas Bryant was a pretty good player, but who knows? I mean, it's tough to tell yet. <laughs> tough to tell. Who yet. knows? Um, Clippers swap Canard uh, for Gordon, um, and then the veterans Green and Wall also involved. So I'll read this for you. The Los Angeles Clippers will trade Luke Canard to the Memphis Grizzlies. And a three-team deal that will send Eric Gordon from Houston to the Clippers. That's an interesting move for the Clippers. Um, the person uh, – and the, no, that's not part of it. The Grizzlies will move Danny Green to Houston, and the Rockets will also get John Wall from the Clippers. Both are buyout candidates after this deal is completed. Um, already talked about Wiseman. Um, Nuggets acquire – so the Nuggets actually end up getting Thomas Bryant. Um the Nets flip Jay Crowder to the Bucks, so I, I had heard that they were interested in Crowder, um, and you know after after the Kyrie Irving trade, the joke was you know they just got and the Kevin Durant trade that the Nets just got up like three small forwards, and it's like that's not really what you were necessarily trying to do. So you knew somebody was going to be on their way out the door. Um, so lots of lots of movement going on. I mean, like in the span of just a like hours. hours, like all of this <laughs> stuff is just coming downhill. I don't think we're done. I'm. Let me ask you because we are uh, we are Kings fans. Are you a little surprised that the Kings have been so silent? Yeah, yeah. I kind of think I think it's safe, right? The Kings didn't need to make a move because of how well this team has been playing. Um, they definitely didn't make a need to make a drastic move um, for any of the Toronto players or um, because I think they were heavily linked to them or anything like that. I think it would have been nice to, they did make one for um, the, some big, I can't even remember his name um, that they made a little early, but this team was, was playing well, uh, looked good. I think the with all the activity, which with every team seemingly being involved in the trade line trade deadline, but the Kings, I think it kind of exaggerates their silence and inactivity. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking I'm looking right now at an article from Clutch Sports, and they published it uh, this morning, and it says one last minute trade deal. The Kings must make before the 2023 deadline. Interesting idea. Um, and the trade would be sending Rashawn Holmes and a second round pick to the Hornets in exchange for Mason Plumley. Well, Mason Plumley uh, got traded to the Clippers. Yeah. So I understand that one actually would have, I think that one would have made sense. Yeah. They, they were looking, they were in the market for a backup big. I think for they sure. they were linked to Mo Bamba a little bit for at least a week or two. Um, Dang, they should have went after Wiseman. Yeah, well, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Um, so the Mason the Mason Plumley thing out of between that Mason Plumley and the Mo Bamba one, those were the two names that I, um, especially after reading that article, I, I remember the the Bamba one. So between those two. Obviously, neither one of those is going to happen. I think the Plumley one would have made more sense, but obviously that that uh, isn't going to happen. You're right. I don't think the Kings are in a position where they necessarily need it. 
to make a drastic move. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are third in the West at the moment. You can always get better, but I mean, if you go make, you know, try to make a splash, then you could just, you know, F with the team chemistry, which seems to be like just humming along right now. Yeah, I think it's, oh man, kind of a missed opportunity. Um, Josh Richardson was a player that they're linked to and a lot of teams were linked to, but he's that um, kind of two guard that gives you a little bit of defense which they kind of need, gives you a little bit of length. Um, Thibel, Matisse Thibel, that he would have been um, such a good pickup for this team. Uh, he ended up going to Portland in a three-team deal. But it's just that that level of player, right? That player that's not going to move the needle, that's only averaging around like 10 points per game, but fills a specific need for a team. Um and they were winning without that player. Mm-hmm. Right? So that could be someone that they add in the offseason. I mean, this isn't – I don't think for any for any reason this should have been a panic job to where they go out and give – blow up the future, giving away second-round picks because those are the most valuable thing, apparently, this deadline um, <laughs> for players that aren't going to last very long. Right. Right. Yeah, I I mean, watching watching the game the other night against the Rockets, I mean, they gave up 128 points to the Rockets. The only clear thing that you could say is, like, at least glaring in terms of, like, something that you'd want the Kings to fix, and maybe they could have done it in free agency, is maybe finding, you know, I don't think they need more scoring. But if they could have found someone who could have provided some defensive punch off the mm-hmm. bench, I think that would have been huge. Who that could have been, not 100% sure. But, uh, I mean, the guy right now who comes off the bench who gives you that defensive punch is Davion Mitchell. So maybe mm-hmm. if they could have found, like, a forward or a big who can also – because Davion can kind of guard one through three and be all right doing it. Um mm-hmm. He is pretty small, so he does some – like last night against the Rockets, there were a couple times where he just – like he wasn't allowing anybody to get by him, but he would just get shot over, um, which is not his fault. Um, he was playing great defense. It's just – it's one of those situations where it's like, well, the guy's taller than you. So if they could have gone out and maybe got a, a bigger three um, or a bit, or even a big, just a center, uh, who doesn't necessarily need to score – but could have, like I said, provided a defensive punch. I think that would have been nice for them. Because um, Metu's not going to give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trey Lyles has been great, but, you know, he won't give you that. Um, yeah. So I think that's what I would have would have, uh, would have have maybe looked for. I, you're right. They didn't need to make a splash, but maybe just one of those, one of those bench guys who could come in and fill, like, one very specific role. Yeah. Yeah, I think – Bible would have been perfect for this team because um, he has that ability to shoot as well. Um, but they have uh, they have KZ. Yep. And hopefully he comes into a little bit more. I mean, the, the Kings have the, have the pieces. Uh, and I, I like them being a little bit of patient, a little bit patient. Don't you think it would have been so poetic for the Kings to have, I don't know, traded Fox away in a deal? <laughs> to, to just completely overact for Russell Westbrook. 
<laughs> or something, you know, just for a player with complete name value. They're like, oh, yeah, we need to make a splash here. That would have been such a Kings thing to do. They, they, <laughs> trade, they trade Harrison Barnes, Trey Lyles, Malik Monk, and three first-round picks for Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant, yeah. They were linked to Kevin. I wonder what they were offering. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about this this Laker trade and sort of the Laker, I mean, ensemble of trades that they had? I think they were involved in deals. Uh, a lot of people said this roster needed a lot of work. Well, <laughs> they put in some work today in the last 24 hours. I mean, it c- looks completely different. They're going to have to have name tags at practice. D'Angelo Russell going back to the Lakers is a really interesting um... – Really interesting move. I mean, you're going to assume he's going to start right off the bat. Kind um, of overrated of a move, if I'm not going to lie, but continue. Think... No, go ahead. Expand on that. Well, I mean, don't you feel like D'Angelo Russell was injured the last couple of years when he was in Minnesota? I don't remember him, remember one moment that he had in Minnesota. Mm. Yeah, I, it seemed like he completely. I I could probably try to look up his stats here. Um, I just feel like he's not that player that we remember when he was in Brooklyn. Well, let me uh, let me let me just based off of uh, based off of one quick Google search. Um, I'm gonna check the. Uh, I'm gonna check to see what his numbers are this season. I just did. Um, oh, gotcha! Right. Yeah, so, yeah, 17 points, 17.9, three rebounds, six assists. I think it's the three-point shooting that really probably attracted them to him, right? I mean, um, I mean, he's been he's been really good from uh, from the three-point line this season. He's shooting almost 40%. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's better than Russell. So, I mean, by default, you're upgrading, you know. Yeah, I think that's that's safe to say. And like, okay, so uh, so I've been a little distracted because I've been looking at all of the. You're right, they did, they moved all of these these pieces. So I was able to find, um, I was able to find a website that has everybody who they got rid of and everybody who they got. So mm-hmm. the the players and the picks that the Lakers sent out, they got rid of Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, Juan Anderson, Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant, Patrick Beverly. They got rid of a 2027 first round pick, top four protected, uh, 20, a twenty second round pick. Um, uh, less favorable of the 2028 Washington slash Lakers second pick. And then they got an unknown, got rid of an unknown second round pick in Orlando. And then in terms of who they got, so just to like, just to count, that was six players that were out the door and they received six in return, which is D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, um, Rui, who uh, is, uh, was <laughs> show him. Right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Devon Reed and then Mo Bamba, and then they got um, three second-round picks. So, I mean, you're right. They got rid of six players. They got six players, and the name tag thing might even might not even need like that might not be an exaggeration. <laughs> well, I I think if we were to just give a generalization, I think the Lakers had a really good trade deadline. Um, <laughs> Who knows what these guys are going to look like when they put on Laker uniforms, but 
I like Malik Beasley a lot. I think he's a really good option, but you never know what he's going to look like playing alongside LeBron, AD, and in big-time games when he's not a number one, number two option, which is what he kind of was in Minnesota when he was putting up really good numbers. Uh, Russell, I think, will be good playing off of playing off of LeBron. I don't think he's going to be like an all-NBA all level or all-star level, which is what he was before, but I think he – Especially with LeBron off the court, having Russell run that lineup with AD in a pick and roll set, I mean that that'll work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking to see what uh, what Rudy's stats were because I know that Shohei really liked him, and I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so here we go. Yeah, so he was averaging about. He's averaging about 12 points a game, almost 13, uh, about five rebounds, one assist, shooting about 50% from the field. I mean, he, I don't think he's going to start, um, but I think what this does is, I mean, you're looking at the players. I mean, you think, I mean, Beasley's got to start, right? Yeah, they got some openings. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to think of, like, who their five would be. And, I mean, I think Russell's probably cemented with that. Beasley... Davis, LeBron, and then I guess it depends on where you put LeBron, whether or not you put him at a three or a four on who's going to put in that spot. But, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, their bench certainly got some needed help. Um, having, I'm assuming Rui's going to come off. I'm assuming Mo Bamba's going to come off. Um, hell, you may not even – I mean – I mean, who knows? I'm looking. I mean, all of these players. I feel like none of them necessarily are like superstars, but they're all like really solid players. Which I feel like is kind of similar to the makeup of the Kings a little bit. Like they have two anchors in Fox and Sabonis, but everybody else is like like very like B B plus level players. And as long as you get that chemistry right, like, you can do some damage. So I feel like the Lakers now are sort of in that same makeup. They've got their two anchors. And then they've got guys around them that can make plays off of their two anchors. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of – I mean, they're, I mean, you know, flattery to the Sacramento Kings. I mean, just – I mean, making it about the Sacramento Kings now. <laughs> you got to. I know. But, I mean, is that is that kind of the read you're getting? Because that's – just looking at the players and trying to piece it together in my head on the fly right here, I feel like they're kind of similar in that way. Well, I mean, if you just think about the guys that they had to give up, Westbrook, all the contract, the turmoil that has been going on the last week, his lack of fit within the offense, Pat Bev uh, could do some good things, but on offense, pretty limited. Well, just going on Anderson, Damian Jones, uh, Thomas. Brown. I mean, you're giving away a lot of guys for players that are better fit. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it seems like a no brainer. Right. And they're just, what's, what does everyone say? Surround LeBron with shooters. Well, now you got Beasley, you got Russell, um, uh, you st- in the, you got some big help. Uh, this Troy Brown Jr. has been playing well. You still have Dennis Schroeder coming off your bench is a good 
mix. Um, Lonnie Walker has been playing well this year. I don't know much about Jared Vanderbilt. Um, uh, what I'm seeing from all of these guys, they kind of all have one thing in common, too. They're all pretty young. Yeah. Yeah, like they're just, not. I don't know how old. I'm looking how old D'Angelo Russell is. D'Angelo Russell's 26. All these guys are pretty young, which I yeah. don't feel like is uh, in like something that you could have attributed to the Lakers over the past couple of years. Like when they won the championship, they were really old. LeBron um, is the only player over the age of 30. Yeah, and is that is that potentially setting themselves up because you really only have Anthony Davis, LeBron, uh, Truder, and D'Lo with any sort of playoff experience right? on this team. That is very admirable for a LeBron James team. Right. But I feel like uh, – I feel like that might be kind of a good thing. Yeah. Just in the sense that, like, they don't – I mean, if – assuming they get to the the play-in, I mean, they're not going to know any better. It's going to be like, all right, we've got LeBron to lead us, so let's go. Like, we got this guy on our team. Let's do it. Yeah. What do you think the cap is for this team? Well, okay, so I'm looking at the standings right now. Um, I'm just going to name the team so I don't think they're going to catch. They're not going to catch the Nuggets. Oh, you better gonna, see. You better say one team. Yeah, they, they won't catch the Grizzlies. I don't think they're going to catch the Kings. And I'm just heck yeah, at, at the light the beam, light the beam, Jason. I'm just I'm literally going down the current standings right now. So everything I'm literally going from like one through eight. So yeah. the Mavericks just got better. The Suns. They did? What did they do? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Suns obviously got better. The Clippers made a few moves. Uh, I know Kawhi Leonard's kind of um, working his way back in. So. I mean, the Clippers are going to be – the Clippers were like everybody's darling at the beginning of the season. I don't know what's going on with Zion and the Pelicans. Um, he's been – I don't know what the status of his of his health is at the moment. Um, he's just out. But, he, yeah, he's been out. I don't know when, what the timetable is for that. The Timberwolves obviously just lost D'Angelo Russell, but the Timberwolves are 30-28. and 28, So, I think – Well, they got, um, they got Mike Conley. That's true. And that's – and Mike Conley's uh, – a pretty damn good player. Um, I mean, and the, war- the Warriors are... Long time too. Yeah. The Warriors are hanging in there, even with the absence of Steph. Um, they're... So when they get Steph back, they're going to be tough. So, I mean, I think, the, I think the Lakers right now should be a shoe-in, I think, for at least the play-in. I mean, they're two games back from the 10 seed right now. Um, Who do they catch up? You think the Warriors are falling out? Uh, I could see the Pelicans falling out. I could see the Pelicans falling out if if Zion doesn't come back within like reasonably soon. Um, the Trailblazers are at ten, the Jazz are at eleven, and the Thunder are at twelve. And I could see them passing all of those teams. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you're looking at the top teams in the West right now, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Mavericks, the Suns, the Clippers. And, you know, Steph's not even healthy, and the Warriors are still above 500. So I, I don't I don't think they have any chance of getting to, to one through six. But in the play-in, yeah, for sure, I think, especially. Now, the interesting thing is going to be whether or not the team clicks right away because there's going to be some sort of period where they're all going to have to learn to 
kind of, you know, mingle with each other on the court. I think, so. I think it'll – with how well LeBron – Very, very easy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he was playing really well even when AD was out, and he's only continued that. Um, a lot of ground to climb, and really, I don't know if it's going to add up. Make it in. Well, they're going to need help, obviously, and that's the thing. The West right now isn't really helping anybody. Um, So you kind of just have to bet on yourself because it appears that everybody's kind of going around the 500 mark at the moment. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I I, I could see it. I really could. I'm not sure if I would bet on it, but I – I, I really could see it just based on the, the three teams that are in front of them at the moment and the potential for maybe the Pelicans or the Timberwolves to kind of fall back a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. It's but I think so it's t- clear, it's like, so class system. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, think there's, I think there feels like a clear, like, class system, in the at least in the West at the moment right now. Like, one through six – They've been playing really solid all year. Like, they've been the best teams in the West the entire season. Then there's the teams that have fluctuated from the top to the middle. And then there's the Spurs and the Rockets. Oh, my gosh. San Antonio and Houston. What are you doing? The You know what the crazy thing is? Is that... The Spurs used to be, like, one of the hardest places. Like, San Antonio used to be one of the hardest places to go and play. Probably because it was so boring. Uh, and right now they're 9-21 and at home, which is crazy. They lost Ooh. 10 in a row. It's just tough. I feel bad for Pop. I really do. Ooh. Yeah, this is his last year, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, I mean, if, if it wasn't initially, then <laughs> – is certainly not making a case to stay. <laughs> so Sacramento beat forty nine minute minutes ago. Kings stand. Kings stand. Pat Mike Brown confident in current roster. <laughs> what else is he gonna say? Oh man, Monty, <laughs> what are you doing to me? We should have made a move. <laughs> We're not making right. playoffs now. Like what? I mean, they did. They did. The Kings did acquire um, Kessler Edwards. That's who it is. Okay. That's that was the other guy. He didn't play a lot. I think he averaged like around five points. Yeah. So I mean that's the big name we were we were looking the K E that we were looking for from the Nets. <laughs> oh man. Right. Well I mean as long look, I mean, let's just be completely open and honest here. Who cares what's going on in the rest of the NBA? All we need is the games to stay above six. Durant, you can go to the Suns. Have fun. Kyrie, have fun with the Mavericks. Don't care. As long as the Kings are above six, then who cares? Yeah. Honestly. Big time. But here's the thing, though, and before we before we move on, let's let's say that the Kings do, like, kind of park it. Let's say they don't make it in the top six. Mm. 
And let's say it's the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Suns, the Clippers, and I don't know. Let's say Steph gets healthy and the Warriors make a little bit of a run. Let's say those six. Now, in the play-in, I mean, I, I would feel confident with who the Kings would maybe play in the play-in at that point. I mean, you'd be, you'd be talking about, like, the Pelicans or the Timberwolves, the Trailblazers, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Lakers. I'd feel confident that they can win and get themselves into the playoffs between those teams. I think they've been better than those teams all year. And if you're a Kings fan, I think you'd feel at least pretty decent going into that. Would you prefer it? No, but I think you could go into it feeling feeling somewhat good about yourself. Mm-hmm. So, because I think at this point we're past the point where, like, we can say that it's a fluke that the Kings are thirty-one and twenty-three. It's not a fluke; they're a good team. I feel like so, you're just ask, asking for them to choke at this point. Hey, I'm knocking on the wood. All right, it's I, there's this wood, there's that, and. I, okay, I could have made a joke there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. No. Um, so maybe I am asking for them to choke, but by saying all of that, but I'm just. I'm, I'm loving I will, my. I'm loving think, my team. Do you think it's preemptive or financially smart to open up a bank account and start putting in money to save up for courtside tickets? <laughs> courtside tickets. <laughs> Oh, um, who knows if we're going to see another playoff game in Sacramento? Let's be honest. They're going to be around for the next 15 years, my man. (laughs) We could be 50 the next time there's a a playoff game. We could. At the rate we're going. We could. We could. Let's let's be honest. I'm telling you, the city's going to go berserk if it actually happens. And I'm not going to believe it until the 82nd game has been played and they're actually in. You know what I mean? Uh, once they get that X put next to the Kings on yeah. Google, mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for. Google makes it official. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. Can we get like a specialty beam? That would be amazing. When they clinch playoffs, I don't even know what it would be. You know, they can do so many things on Google. They've like, I've seen, I've seen graphics for certain shows. I feel like if you just type in Sacramento Kings on Google, a purple light should just emanate on the middle of the screen. That would. Be- oh yeah. That would just, be. It should just shoot out from the screen and hit you right in the face. Bam! Blindness. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the price you have to pay. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, I mean, it's also one of those things as Kings fans, you do have to, you do have to be somewhat realistic in the sense that you know you got to look at the the Western Conference, and Josh sent us a a good note earlier today, just in the Pacific division alone. Now there's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and then Sabonis and Fox. <laughs> you could have like the rest of the league all-stars versus the Pacific division. Dude, you really could. <laughs> you really could. Oh man. Well, the, the all-star break is coming up. Um, the trade deadline is about to be over. These teams are going to be set. We're going to be past the all-star break, and then we're going to be in the home stretch. We'll just see where the cards land. <laughs> um, but fingers crossed if you're a Sacramento Kings fan. And, 
if you're a Phoenix fan, then, you know, truthfully, if I'm being 100% honest, I hope this blows up in your face. Now, um, as far as the other gigantic thing that's happening this week, which at the beginning of the week was the biggest thing, and now it feels like it's getting pushed to the side, which is actually the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs. I've heard almost zero football conversation happening since Monday. Um, but the big game is happening. Uh, 3.30 kickoff on Sunday. We never made our picks for this game. We mm-hmm. never made our picks. So we've had a week to sit on it, mull over it. What are you thinking? What's your lean? Um, I... <laughs> I'm going with Mahomes. I think he's going to do something special in this game. All the cards are stacked against him. Philly's got the better O-line, better D-line, better weapons, better ground game, have probably played more consistent and um, better all year. But this is Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and somehow it just doesn't make sense. Really, when you sit down and think about it and you were to write this out as an equation, always and forever, the equal sign is going to point towards Philadelphia winning. Mm-hmm. But somehow, there's a little X in there, a little variable that throws this thing right into Kansas City, finding a way to win. Well, I'll tell you who disagrees with you. Mm. Um, Everyone? Yes, the ESPN <laughs> reporters that were polled. So right here, I've got an ESPN article. Up. And Vegas. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, this is from ESPN.com. Of 71 experts who weighed in, the Eagles were favored by 45 of them, which is 63.4%, while the Chiefs claimed 26 votes. The most common predicted final scores were 27-24, 31-24. But there was – I'm looking at some of the – I'm just quickly glancing maybe what the biggest discrepancy in score was um, for people who picked the Eagles to win. And everybody thinks that this is going to be a super, super tight game. There's no – there's no blowout predictions here. I see a 27-17 predicted. I'm looking at the Chiefs predictions now. Um, yeah, nothing. No, Nobody's going out on the limb and saying like 42-24, which I don't think anybody would have initially anyway, but it is a pretty good indication of how maybe evenly matched these teams are. And I mean, I thought about it over the past week, and I think I've oscillated back and forth, and I could think I could give reasoning for both. I, I feel like I'm a little bit split. I feel like my head is on the Chiefs because it's just so hard for me to to bet against Mahomes. But my heart is telling me to go for the Eagles because they've mm-hmm. I feel like they've got a better team. I just want them to win. Um, and I feel like if I put my heart into it uh, enough, then they can win. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I feel I feel like I've been a – a little bit split between the two, um, but I think this isn't what I want to happen. I want the Eagles to win, but if I had a hundred thousand dollars and I had to bet every single cent on one team to win the Super Bowl, I would pick the Chiefs. And it's only it is only because of Mahomes. That is it. That's the only reason. The Eagles are the better team from top to bottom. 
Their defense is amazing. Their offense is unbelievably hard to stop. Mahomes' ankle is a huge factor going into this game. We said the same thing last week. We said Mahomes' ankle was going to be a huge storyline. Uh, well, actually, not last week, two weeks ago. And it wasn't. The storyline was, oh, my God, he's amazing, and he's hopping on one leg. Um, so I think it just comes down again to – I think I'm giving Mahomes sort of the Brady treatment in the sense of, mm-hmm. I mean, as long as he's there, the Chiefs have – it's just hard for me to pick against it. I I think it's almost one of those things where it's like, until I see it done and I know that they've been beaten the Super Bowl, but it's just a little bit different with that dude back there. Um, So I think I'm going to pick the Chiefs, although I am heavily rooting against it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping for a good game. Like you say, if this is a blowout um, either way, I think that's probably worst case scenario. Really for the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, so, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last couple Super Bowls and if they've been um, overtly exciting. So the Rams and Cincinnati won. I mean, that, that was, was good. One, yeah, 23-20. That one ended up being pretty good, although it was kind of slow. I think I remember at least a little bit for a while. The one before that, Tampa, Kansas City, that one was bad. Kansas City, San Francisco, that one was pretty good i thought it was really good um the one before that was the patriots um Rams, the 13 to 3 game that one was not Awful. great and then the two before that were obviously the philly special and the new england one and then the new england over atlanta one so kind of a mix of both <laughs> <laughs> um I'll tell you what, though, I'm looking at – I'm thinking about these matchups. I'm trying to remember maybe sort of what everybody's thoughts were going into the games. And um, I feel like last year – last year I feel like most people were picking the Rams, right? Am I am – I, am Yeah, I, I think they're probably favored. Yeah. The Tampa Bay-Kansas City one, I think most people are picking Tampa because Kansas City's offensive line was so beat up. Um, I think Kansas City was, like, pretty heavily favored against San Francisco uh, in 2020. Um, So, but I feel like, so out of the most recent three Super Bowls, including this one, I feel like this matchup may be one of the most evenly matched Super Bowls that we've had in, in, in a minute. Uh, we got to think – I think we think that every year. I mean, these are two te- – you never have a team that doesn't deserve to be in the Super Bowl. No matter what every single Niner is going to say, Philly did that Super Bowl. Have you seen all those comments? Uh, no. Oh, it, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, CMC coming out. The Niners were, uh, like, felt cheated because they got – they had the NFC away from them um like the eagles didn't earn it stuff like that arguing that uh the nfl should evoke a new rule where you can tax all those things i mean pretty much what i was what i said last podcast well but that's kind of what you get when you're the number one seed right you theoretically should get the easiest path to the super bowl 
Yeah, but that was completely out of the, their control. Yeah, I mean, the injuries to the 49ers was something that was, yeah, not, that wasn't like a gameplay thing. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh man, we need to get the first seed so we come up against a team that has zero quarterbacks. Right, you get the first seed so you can have the bye and theoretically play the easier teams, which they did. They played the Giants, and then, yeah, they got a lucky break against the 49ers, but that's not their fault. I mean, like I said, they started the season 11-0, and and they absolutely deserve to be in the Super Bowl. And I, no, I, I Yeah, they do. It stinks that it stinks that the 49ers didn't really get a fighting chance. Um, but I mean, that's not, I mean, that's not the Eagles fault. <laughs> so do you think, hmm, how do I, how do I ask this? Do you think, cause we talked about what our kind of most desired matchups were. And I think we both kind of picked this as the least desirable. No, you Kansas City. Um, I think so. I I personally, I mean, because there's, are we talking about like our most desirable or like what we thought the public's? Well, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, yeah, I think I would have wanted to see. Well, to me, for the NFC, it didn't really matter. I mean, I, I was kind of pulling for both teams a little bit towards the end. Like, it was like, okay, I've, I've been on Philly all year. But then the 49ers were like, oh, my God, Brock Purdy. Like, this would be a great story. And then on the other side, it was kind of like, oh, well, I don't really like either of the teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think I would have, from a just a unique standpoint, it would have been cool to see the Bengals. But from, like – Hey, who do I kind of want to see in the Super Bowl? I think I, I mean, it would have been nice to obviously have Pat another crack at it since he didn't really have a good shot two years ago. But well, I just think because it is NBA dominated. I mean, with all the Kyrie stuff and now the rest of the trade line stuff and Kevin LeBron taking over um, the headline, which wow, yeah, didn't even talk about that, but. LeBron is goaded, for sure. Um, super, it sucks that he did that and the Lakers end up losing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so sad. Um, kind of a Lakers thing to do. But I think uh, really no storylines going into this Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, it's just two good teams and they're going to go at it. Yeah, it and like it. The LeBron thing, I had, I mean, I, we tried really hard to get Josh on this week because, God, what a fun show that would have been to have him on where all of this stuff and the LeBron stuff. But we're going to get him on hopefully soon, either before All-Star break. And I, I, I was so laser focused on having him in that, I, yeah, we didn't talk anything about the LeBron thing. But I feel like that's something that – that's going to be like an evergreen thing that we can visit, um, uh, you know, from – in, in pretty much forever because I feel like there's a much larger debate to have there that obviously maybe wouldn't have felt necessarily appropriate today because the news cycle in the NBA just kind of just restarts every couple hours, it feels like. Um, so obviously the most relevant stuff was the trades and then the Super Bowl is literally um, in like three days. Um 
So, but I, I, for those of you who are still with us and are um, listening, we will absolutely talk about LeBron breaking the all-time scoring record and, you know, the, the GOAT conversation. But that conversation, I promise you, is going to be much more fun uh, when we have a third voice and Josh with us. Um, and then we're going to get him to talk about the Sacramento Kings as well because we're going to make him. Because uh, <laughs> he hasn't yet. Yeah, I know. It's I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he wants to talk about the ninth seed Warriors. I know exactly. Um, I finally heard the Sacramento Kings get mentioned on Get Up today by Legs Tim Legler, and I was like, "Yes, somebody said their name on national TV." Because <laughs> uh, nobody really seems to care, which is—I mean, I get it, but um, but no. To circle back to your point, yes. All of this stuff kind of overshadowed the Super Bowl. But I don't know if that's because the Super Bowl isn't as interesting, but but more so because of the fact that the stuff that's happening in the NBA is just huge. I mean, it's not every day that Kevin Durant, like a borderline top 10 NBA player of all time, gets traded. Yeah. Um, and totally, totally right. The scoring record gets broken, so... I think it was just kind of the perfect storm in that sense. But I think, to contrast this, I think this is going to be a very quiet, preemptive, preempt to um, what the Super Bowl is and eventually is seen as, oh, that was a highly contested game yeah. right there. But in the flip side of it, when you go back to Mahomes versus Brady, Bucks versus Chiefs, I think that was the most highly anticipated Super Bowl in a long time. And the talk was nonstop about that game. Remember, and going on that time, I don't even remember if the trade deadline was around that same time because they've switched, they've changed um, so much of when the season started. But, right. Uh, and then that game ended up being sort of kind of dull, really. Yeah. Um, to watch so i don't know really what the what the nfl cares i mean they're big daddy they don't even they probably don't even think about it really right well they could have they could have jacksonville uh jacksonville detroit in the super bowl and it's probably still gonna get great numbers yeah that's true Actually, I think a lot of people this year would have loved to have watched Detroit. <laughs> it would have been cool. They maybe would have made a little like New York Giants run. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so you you said that you know the Super Bowl is going to be highly contested. Well, let's let's put a number to that. What what is your final score prediction? Um, you can get the closest. Mm-mm-mm, 28 uh 24 Kansas City 28 24 Kansas City um lordy it's going to be interesting because Philly's defense is so freaking good um and Part of me really does think that the Eagles are going to win, but I just can't get myself to to bet against. Is Mahomes going to be kept under 21 points? I don't think so. 
Um, I just want to do. I'm gonna go 27, 24. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went on a you went on a limb there. Well, my initial my initial one that I was gonna say was 31 to 28, but okay. that just feels like. I don't miss, I don't see Philly's defense giving up thirty one points. I just, All right, I'll go. Um, I'll go thirty five, thirty three. No, don't change Kansas it. City. <laughs> don't change it. Stick with your. No, you know what? I'm gonna go forty two forty. The game is still gonna be going on Monday. Mm-hmm. At that point, it'll be in fifty two. The Super Bowl end in a tie. Well, it's it would be interesting. It, it'd be one of those situations where, how many overtimes would they play until they just went? Okay, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, please, like where is Andy? Call it. Let's let's do flag football because we can't keep hitting each other like that. <laughs> Andy, please just forfeit. No, no, Nick. Keep going. Keep going. Give the people. Keep going. Oh man, I, that that's an interesting question. I wonder. I wonder if somewhere deep in the NFL rulebook there is something like that for the Super Bowl. Like once we reach ten overtime, we're just we're doing PKs. <laughs> we're just doing field goal kicks. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're we're gonna start from ten. It'll be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and then one, and then we'll bring it out to fifty five, and then. We can't go any farther than the 55, but it's the first one to miss from 55. <laughs> so that would be, I don't know. I don't know if people would like that. <laughs> I could see some fans getting behind that, but not all of them. So, all right. Well, that'll wrap it for us on this episode of Nothing to Say the Fans podcast. So much to cover. The news cycle this week was just on fire with all of the stories that came. We obviously had LeBron breaking the scoring record. We didn't even get to that if that tells you anything. Um, we will get to that debate with our buddy Josh. Uh, we're going to save that more specifically for him um, and us to have because that were that was conversations that we were having um, senior year of high school in our English class that we had together, <laughs> the three of us the three of us specifically. So um, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. All of the trades in the NBA were absolutely mind blowing. The Super Bowl is coming up and then, you know what, this will be the last, uh, maybe one of the last episodes we talk about football for a little bit, at least until the next domino drops for who's going to get traded, which might be Aaron Rodgers here. So Rodgers. We'll see. Discount um, double check. So I know. <laughs> um, with that being said, Everybody have a great weekend. Um, hopefully your team got a little bit better in the NBA. And if it got a little bit worse, then uh, there's always you know, next year. Duck it up, I guess. <laughs> I As Kings fans, we don't really necessarily have sympathy for if your team is bad. So it's just, you know, just deal with it. Um, and then uh, for the Super Bowl, go Eagles, man. Go Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. No. Nope. Eagles, fly. Let me ask you just last last question. Who do you want to win? I know you picked the Chiefs, but who do you want to win? Oh, I want the Chiefs to win. Chiefs to win. Got it. Gotcha, gotcha. All righty. Well, we'll see what happens on Sunday, um, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the game and talk about our favorite commercials too. <laughs> so, nah, the commercials are, have been bad. 
they're not they're not uh, bad. Yeah, they've been kind of lackluster. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Everybody have a great weekend. Stay safe, and we will see you all next week. See you.